0: My my, 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 Somebody ought to be giving God a praise right about there. You are good. Come on, all over. Come on, worship God wherever you are. Come on, worship, 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 worship. Go ahead, say it, say it this time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are good, you are good. You are good, you are good, you are good, you are good. You are good.
1: You are, you are, you are. Good. In the evening, I'll sing you are good.
0: Yes, you are, yes, you are. Bless the Lord. Thank God for our special guest this morning. Amen. Sister Tanya Dantzler, we're so happy to have her with us today as a special guest. Also excited that our men have led us in worship and singing just beautifully and offering up worship to God in that wonderful male chorus selection. Be in prayer with me. Father, we worship you. On this Father's Day morning, we give you thanks. We salute your name, and your Spirit is with us. Have your way. Move upon us as only you can. And grant that we will be lifted by your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You heard read in your hearing uh, a few moments ago uh, the scripture from Luke 11, verses 1 through 4, that model prayer. I just want to lift up uh, that word from the Message Bible, but I'm only going to lift up what is really the uh, first part of the verse, uh, of verse 2. I am going to just lift up the first part of verse 2, and 2 runs through 4 the way the Message Bible runs together, and I just want to get to one little section, and I'm going to uh, invite you to join us in watching a wonderful video that will lead into our message today. But if you look at Luke 11 in the Message Bible, verse 2, just the opening of it, it says, So he said, when you pray, say, Father... Reveal who you are. Set the world right. Father, reveal who you are. Set the world right. This morning, I wanna talk from the theme, Father, Change the World, our video.
1: George Floyd's daughter, Gianna, is seeing change. World. Sitting on former NBA player Steven Jackson's shoulders, who's Floyd's best friend, the six-year-old shares how proud she is of her dad's legacy. Death, 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 death,
2: death, death. From Brazil to Iran, thousands have gathered to show solidarity with U.S. protests over the killing of George Floyd. He died after a Minneapolis cop kneeled on his neck for nearly nine minutes. The worldwide events echoed peaceful messages in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. In South America, hundreds of protesters came together outside Rio de Janeiro's state government building on May 31st. They demanded an end to police brutality against Black people within Rio's working-class neighborhoods, known as favelas. Iranians held a small demonstration outside the Swiss embassy. Two Syrian artists painted a mural in memory of Floyd in war-torn Idlib. And in Israel, a group gathered to protest the killing of Iyad al-Haleq, an autistic Palestinian man, as well as Floyd. In London, demonstrators marched through the city and around the U.S. Embassy, defying the U.K.'s coronavirus restrictions that prohibit mass gatherings. Protesters kneeled in unison, chanting, no justice, no peace, in Trafalgar Square. While the protests have mostly been peaceful, there have been some clashes with the police. And statues of slave traders were torn down across England. Protesters threw the statue of slave trader Edward Colston into the harbor on Sunday. In Belgium, city officials removed the statue of colonial King Leopold II. This came after protesters vandalized and torched the statue. Protests against police brutality also formed throughout Berlin. Demonstrators gathered around the US embassy chanting. Black Lives Matter! Black Lives Matter! Black Lives Matter! Black Lives Matter! matter. In Italy, Black Lives Matter protesters surrounded the US consulate. The country is only beginning to ease lockdown so they appear to be social distancing. Across France, more than 23,000 protesters took to the streets. Demonstrators in Paris kneeled in silence for eight minutes and 46 seconds in homage to Floyd. In Ireland, over 150 protesters gathered with signs reading, the world is watching, on June 1st. They gathered again the next day outside of the US embassy. We're
1: here about the injustice of Black lives being lost every day at the hands of the police authority in the United States. And not only in the United
0: States, racism is a global
2: issue. Protesters also called for an end to racism in Canada, where recent police killing of a Black man and another death currently under investigation have inflamed tensions. These protests merged with calls for solidarity with U.S. demonstrators rallying against Floyd's death. In New Zealand, around 4,000 protesters took to the streets of Auckland for rallies and vigils on June 1st. Crowds gathered outside the U.S. consulate. In Australia, protesters called out systemic racism as well as Aboriginal deaths in police custody in their own country. Protests demanding justice and an end to racist policing are expected to continue this week.
0: The world has been in upheaval. We've been watching all around us as the protests have gone on, as people have come out, not just locally, but globally, thinking that this may be the push, the thing that makes change in the world. It's amazing how, you know, I say sometimes, God doesn't make the mess, but he can sure use the mess for our good. What I've come to realize is that this is a new moment in history. We've lived with certain uh, inequalities, passive aggression, biases, implicit and otherwise. We've lived with certain indignities for most of us for our lifetimes and those who went before us for theirs as well. What is going on in this world has been nothing short of. mistreatment and disinformation campaigns that have led people to believe a lie about the lives of other people. But right now it appears to be that God is taking this moment the loss of life to bring life to bring a change and prayerfully a lasting change and a lasting peace. And so why am I talking about this on Father's Day? my wife asked me a question. She said, is it father, change the world? Yeah, it's a, it's a play on words. It really is intentionally. As I asked the question, young Gianna said, my father changed the world. And she may be more prophetic than we think. Her father's death may indeed be the tipping point as Malcolm Gladwell would put it, to something really much bigger than any of us could have ever hoped for. A new revelation, an eye-opening experience for people who had never thought about things that way. It's a play on words because it's also a prayer request because I do believe that these are prayers being answered by people who have been believing and praying for many years for a change in this nation for righteousness is all to the nation, and the sin is a reproach to any people. And I believe that prayers of righteous people have been going up, that God would do something different. And the lives of people who live with their backs against the wall would find in Christ and in God the solace and blessing of a new freedom and a new world. I, I think that this is a prayer... It is also a statement because God has already changed the world through His Son. The embodiment of all that is good and all that is love in Jesus, He has already changed the world. And now from changing the world that was completely steeped in sin, God is in the process of regenerating hearts so that those who have only a cognitive relationship with God, a a head relationship without heart, will bring head and heart together and will finally align. That's why God, I believe, has allowed the church to be called out. In many cases some pastors and ministers who have never spoken out on issues of race or violence, are speaking out now because they're being called out that, that silence is complicity. And so now even those who were silent allies are now vocal allies. So God is changing the world. The ultimate father is in the work of changing the world. And it's interesting that we come to this text on Sunday Most of you are familiar with the text from Matthew chapter 6, which has the beautiful doxology at the end. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I want to pick it up on this one, because it's interesting in this text that a disciple comes to Jesus, and Jesus has been involved in a prayer position. Jesus has been before God. He's been talking to God. And he had been praying, the text says in the King James Version, in a certain place. And when he finished his praying in that place, apparently they looked at him, and one disciple said, Lord, would you teach us a prayer to recite, as John has taught his disciples? And Jesus looks at him, and in broad strokes, he outlined something for him to think about. Some which were present realities. Some which were becoming reality. And some which would never be fully realized until the end. The perusia, the final coming, the return of Jesus Christ himself. So he gave him both a, 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 a prayer of action for the moment and an aspirational prayer of what God would want to ultimately happen. That God wants us to begin to recognize who he is in a whole new way. And and so I, I just want to tease out a few things just this morning on this Father's Day because I do believe that the Father sent the Son. For God so loved the world that he gave, sent his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him. That's John 3.16 for those of you who are looking it up. And so I want to look at this father here and and, and I want to see if I can find some things that might be helpful during this season and this particular Father's Day in the midst of a pandemic no less and a pandemic within a pandemic. The pandemic of COVID-19 and the pandemic of racism which preceded COVID-19 by over 400 years let's look at it. The first thing God, Jesus, teaches us is this. He teaches us of a recognition of God's position. Recognition of God's position. And this is important, because He says, when you pray, I want you to say, Our Father. Pray to your Abba, your, your Father. Now he positions him in heaven and he says, he says, Hallow be your name, your kingdom come. He says, pray to your Father. The position of God in our lives is not just some restrictor of joy and some keeper away from fun. No, he is Father. It is that loving relationship. You know, I always like to use those terms like anthropomorphic. What, what, I, what I try to do is to make, make it clear that for God, this relationship, and as is depicted here, is for your benefit to look at your life and say, okay, this is what a father looks like, and if this is what you're saying God is, or this is a good father, this is what God is, and I want to be that. J. Cole in one of his rap songs said, uh, peace out, Uncle Phil. You're the only father I ever knew. Uh, yeah, yeah, J. Cole is a rapper, and what, what, what J. Cole was saying was that he watched The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air And when watching the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Uncle Phil, who was also a judge, who lived in Bel-Air, who lived in a beautiful mansion, who had children that he loved and adored and was present for and protective of and was a provider for, he looked at that and he said, peace out, Uncle Phil, after he passed away because I looked at you as a father, aspirationally the kind of father I'd like to be. Some of us, we need to get it in our heads when God says, I want you to recognize this position, recognize that the God that you have and the God that you serve loves you. That God cares about your life, cares about everything going on, every moment, every tear, every pain, every sorrow. And some of you who are even struggling today because this is Father's Day and your fathers have gone home to be with God, God wants you to know he cares and his loving arms are around you even as he has already invested his own divinity in his lost soul from this side of life. Yeah. God cares. It's a recognition, of position. He says, pray to your Abba. Pray to your Father. When you talk to your Abba, you, you reverence his name. You hallow his name. You, you pray in that name. You understand that name. And he prays, I said, aspirationally because he says, I want to pray your kingdom come. I want you to pray for the reign, the rule, and the realm of God. I want you to pray that God's reign, rule, and realm be done here as it is in heaven. Pray that God will give us a little more heaven on earth. But then he says to us, he says, I want you to do this. I want you to relate to God's priorities. So that when you're praying, I want you to pray, your will be done. I believe that in the Message Bible, they picked up that point, and this is not a translation, this is their impression of those words that were there, And, and that point they said, set the world right. In other words, God, my prayer is that this world would be what you want it to be that this world would be like it is in heaven. I pray you make changes. And and God, I trust you that whenever and however you work things out, it's going to be all right. I pray your will be done. Set the world right. God, I'm relating to your priorities. Whatever you're doing in this season, However you're mending in this season, however you're healing in this season, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, guess what? Paul Morton was right when he said, don't do it without me. Whatever you're doing, and every time I see those young people marching and walking, I say, don't do it without me. We, we God, whatever you're doing in this season, whatever changes you're bringing about, whatever peace you're bringing about. Because, see, some people understand what I, how I feel as a father. Every time my children leave the house, I worry about who they will interact with. And I do worry about their interaction with law enforcement. I worry and I wonder about things. I, we were saying to ourselves how crazy the system is now. You can go right now down to the DMV or go to one of those little stations they have and get an admissions check. You go down to get the emission check. You get, your car fails admission. You get your car repaired. You then bring it back, and they say you need to ride 50 miles. Well, now, you're riding 50 miles, and technically you do not have an emissions card to show anybody, which now gives somebody a license to harass. Oh, you missed it. You, every time you turn around, You worry about the little things because what happens in this world is that there are people who live with all kinds of wicked thoughts in their minds, There are new Karens that jump up every day and it's just scary. There are always some Patty that will come up and will make a phone call. There's somebody who will call on you even if you're bird watching and tell the police they feel threatened for their lives. You you, you always have to be concerned. You can't even fall asleep in a Wendy's parking lot. There's always somebody. So we pray. God, I'm lining up my prayers with you right now. I don't know what you're doing right now in this season. I, I, I know I got some prayer warriors out there. I don't know how you're going to work it out. But I pray, God, from those feet that are on the street, to those people who have been elected into public services, to those committees and groups that are forming, not from the NAACP to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, to BIA, to Black Lives Matter, to every other group of agenda. I pray God that something in this season will be done to change and ameliorate what has been an oppression ever since Reconstruction. There's been some form of oppression. When it wasn't set into law after Plessy versus Ferguson, as in separate but equal, then it became always implicit in a glare and a stare. God, whatever you're doing in this season, set this world well right. And so I relate to God's priorities. I relate to God's priorities and, and, and every parent who's praying over your children today. Every father, a good father, prays over his children. A good father recognizes that his children are in need and seeks to bless them. And that's why our father, Abba, sent Jesus. So I pray every good father right now is praying over his children that they will receive the Lord into their lives. They will come to know God. Wow, what kind of sermon is this? A mixture of social justice and salvation. What kind? Well, it's a sermon that recognizes another thing Jesus has. In this text, Jesus says, Give us this day our daily bread, which means that we need to realize God's provisions. God's provisions realize God's provisions you 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 need to realize God's provisions that that's important that you realize that that God is the provider and sustainer of God's own people nobody but God uh it's funny how this 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 word here bread uh literally bread does not mean bread. It is a word used linguistically in a manner in which to speak of the part to talk of the whole. And I won't get into all the linguistic naming there, but, but understand this, what it means when it says bread, it means God, supply my necessities, meet my needs, God, take care of me. So in the prayer for bread, what what he's actually saying is, you're praying that the God that you serve will be in the supply business and bring provision. So the the prayer has shifted from things about God and praying to be in the will of God to now asking from God that which I need. And the prayer tells me that I need to realize that all of my help, Comes from the Lord. All of my help comes from the Lord. All of my help. I know I got a witness out there. You know, you may work for a company that sends you a check every week. You may work for for you may have worked your whole life, and now you're getting uh, some sort of your retirement funds coming in, and your Social Security and all that. And you may say, "Oh, this is my source." No, it's not. They're dropping off from your source. God has been your source of supply. God is the one that's taking care of you. And he that keepeth watch over Israel will keep watch over thee. God is still watching out for you. God still cares about you. But then there's something else in here. And this messed me up. Verse 4 messes me up every time. And it messes me up not for my sake but for the sake of those who I know who are carrying around bitterness. And so it messes me up for them because, see, the text says, verse 4 of the, of the prayer is simple, forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Actually, forgive me my sins while I forgive the sinners who sinned against me. Listen. You need to respond to God's peace. Respond to God's peace. Now this is going to mess somebody up. The Message Bible puts it this way. Keep us forgiven as we forgive others. Wait a minute. Keep us forgiven as we forgive others. Let me help somebody here. Some people don't have peace because they can't get rid of bitterness from their own spirit. And the bitterness in their spirit towards people who have wounded them, hurt them, sinned against them, yes. You you see, you do not have to deny an assault on your your personhood, an assault on your psyche, an assault on your spirit. You don't have to deny being being mistreated or maligned or done any way wrong. There's no need to deny your life fact. Your fact is your fact. Your life is your life. People have lied on you. People have cheated you. People have made promises that they didn't keep. Yes, that is your fact of life. But what you do with the facts of your life is up to you. You can walk around bitter or you can be better. You can walk around disturbed or you can walk around in peace. And what you want is the deliverance of God. And the deliverance of God comes on this Father's Day as you accept God's very peace and you respond to God's peace. How do I respond to God's peace, Reverend? By forgiving. <clears throat> I, I get tired of people wanting to make folk guilty about what they didn't do themselves. And then they wonder why people reject the call of what's going on. Let me tell you something. You do not have to go around playing into anybody's image of what white guilt ought to look like. Yeah, 400 years ago, some of their ancestors, and, and don't let them fool you, some of them just got here off the boat themselves, but some, some of the ancestors were slave owners. Some of them may have lived in the South. Some of them may have actually been participants in the Confederate War. They may actually be daughters of the Confederacy themselves. But you don't have to worry about that. You walk in peace by forgiving everybody. You don't don't walk around that. See, I tell people, most folk don't realize they have privilege because they don't accept it as privilege. You can see it because you sit there without privilege. But let me help you something. You also can see in your own life privilege when you have it. I once was, uh, my, my, my little cousin Tyrone, who's going home to be with the Lord, I bless God for him. He once explained to me privilege that I had that he didn't have and I, and I didn't understand him at first. He said, look, you are who you are and people know who you are and you can go places and do things that I can't because when they see me, they have an image of who I am different from you. You're a, and I, and I looked at him, it caught me off guard because I always saw us, uh, us as, as the same. So everybody has some kind of, but watch this. What a better way may be to help folk understand privilege is not as privilege. I had a wonderful conversation. You can look it up on, on uh, Facebook at the Harper Seminary website with Dr. Beverly Tatum, it's also on YouTube. Dr. Beverly Tatum wrote a book called Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria? You really ought to read it sometime. So we were in the conversation, we were talking about privilege, particularly white privilege, and Dr. Tatum blew me away. She gave me something that I hadn't thought of. She said, I don't like to talk about privilege anymore. She said, I I really would prefer to talk about immunity. She said, there's an immunity that some people have because of skin color that people of color don't have. The immunity starts with the benefit of the doubt. That automatically you, you're seed as possibly you could be right. Possibly I could be misconstruing. Oh, I could go into it, go see the video, it'll bless you. Listen, you have to understand that what you and I have and what this nation has been through between slavery Reconstruction, post-reconstruction, Jim Crow, separate but equal, white fountain, black fountain. You, yeah, you can see where I'm going. Red linings which created zones that allowed for loans to be given to housing and put people in particular areas, and those people living in certain areas, particularly people of color, were given high interest rate loans and homes were lost. Oh, man, wealth was lost. All of that is real. But what you've got to know is that all of that, including every Confederate monument around, and my, my Indian brothers and sisters have some monuments that have been put up to people. My Native American brothers and sisters have been put up to people who slaughtered their ancestors. Feel I know the same way. I'm talking to you too. I'm talking to everybody who's been wounded by life. I'm talking to every woman who's made a complaint against a man who's ab- abused her and was not heard. I'm talking to everyone who has been wounded by this world system. Yeah. Let me help you here. If you walk around in a spirit of unforgiveness and bitterness, guess what? You're the only person going to be hurt by it immediately. And then everybody else in your circle will be wounded by it as well. Because your stench will get off on them. Some of you wonder why your children are bitter. They may have watched it in you. You break the root of bitterness for your family. You break the root of hatred for your family. And you pray that you're able to forgive and keep on being forgiven even as you forgive others. Yeah, keep on being forgiven because, see, it's not as though you have not made mistakes. It's not as though you have not sinned. It's not as though you've not been been all that forgive and keep on giving giving. I'm I'm, going to close here I've got to finish up but as I get to my close the last part of it is this he says and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one I'm going to say it this way respect God's presence respect God's presence respect God's presence well, let me, let me work with you here. The message Bible says, says this way. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You, you better hear it. Ourselves come first. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Let me preach this one minute you've got to realize that if you continue to pray to be in God's presence and you're walking in a forgiving spirit and you're walking in that way, God is able to guard your heart and mind. God is able to keep you safe. Oh, you may not be able to stop the outrageous arrows of misfortune that may come your way or the wickedness of men and women who do things in the dark, but what you will have is the very protective love of God that will sustain, sustain you no matter what you go through and yes we pray God keep us from the evil one keep us from the devil we try to give no place to the evil one and what we do by staying in God's presence is we keep ourselves from participating in anything evil the greatest victory I think was seen as we just commemorated the death of those saints at Emmanuel Congregational Church where a man walked in sat and prayed with them for an hour and then took their lives but the greatest testament came afterwards that those saints down there from that wonderful AMB church Those people of God, those families, walk their faith in the most difficult moment. They live their truth in the most difficult moment. God, keep us safe from ourselves because right now I feel like imploding. God, keep us safe from ourselves because right now my, I feel like pulling my hair of my beard. God, keep us safe from ourselves because right now I feel like I'm about to lose and I'm about to have a DMX moment. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. Y'all gonna make me act a fool up in here, up in here. Y'all gonna make me lose my cool up in... But, but keep us safe from ourselves and from the devil because God In your presence, in the midst of it all, I can still stand up and in full honesty say, I've been forgiven, I am being forgiven, and I forgive you. And in full gift from Almighty God, all of a sudden a resilience in your spirit is lifted. And so on this Father's Day, I want you those of you who may have had an issue with your daddy in the past, you may have had a fallout, call him up if you can. If not, forgive him in, in the next life. You need to let go, get beyond it. Children, call parents. Parents, call children. Let's get some embracing going. It, it, let me tell you something. If those saints down in the Emmanuel congregation could, ke- could go and say, I forgive you to someone who had taken nine members of their faith out and taken their pastor away, what about you? They have modeled the prayer in their life. I want you to say the prayer, but say it like you're going to model it and let your life be. And when you do this, guess what? The Father will have changed the world. And in particularly, he will have changed your world. Happy Father's Day. I love you. Abba, I belong to you. Minnesota Monty.
1: Everybody, we know the song. Everybody say, Abba. Abba. Say it, man. I belong to you. Come on, let's call our Father. Abba. Time, everybody.
0: If you have never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to receive the Lord. You know, there's nothing like knowing the Lord for yourself. Let me tell you something. This this church, we're you know, this church made up of all kinds of people—black, white, Hispanic, uh, my, my Latino, Latinx uh, brothers and sisters are here. We we just love people. We we just have a good time. Um, our social consciousness does not just run towards what happened post-slavery. So if you want to become part of us, you got to know we also care about about this president putting our children in cages. Yeah, they're our children. Every immigrant child who came here, matter of fact, the only people who can claim uh, any real residency are the first people, the Native Americans. The rest are all immigrants. And we were stolen immigrants. So I don't know how they get the highfalutinness, but uh, yeah, we care about borders being built, and we care about what's going on with Border Patrol officers. We, we have to care. We have to care. You know, it's funny. It was the Quakers who were not African at all, who, because they believed so much in love of God, got involved with abolitionist movements to help save slaves from slave traders because they loved God so much. See, if you love God, you have to love people. Loving God means loving people. And if you don't love people, you really don't tell me you love God. Uh, Because some people love their animals more than they love love people. you, You need to love them all. Harmony with God. Harmony with self. Harmony with others. And harmony with nature. The whole gamut. That's the interconnectedness right there. Look forward to seeing you on Tuesday night. If you want to join uh, with us, saints, and you want to become part of Shiloh, please text or email us. You can email us here at... uh at churchadmin at shiloh nlcomplex.org or call us at 860-443-6046 and we'd love to hear from you and receive you into our fellowship pretty soon you'll be able to go to our website and just fill out a membership application and we look forward to having you as a partner with us in this ministry yes you can also become an online member of shiloh meaning that you may never get a chance to be here uh, for a while you may be in another country but you want to be a part of Shiloh. And yes, we have cyber membership available. If you're not in Southeastern Connecticut, join us. I want to also invite you to give today. We have many ways to give. You can give by Cash App or by Givelify, or you can mail your gift into the church. We want you to give as unto the Lord. Remember, the tithe belongs to the Lord. And I'm also looking for those of you who have joined us in seeding into the kingdom. There were 70 people who had stood with us at the 70 would stand with us in a, a program we were do, are doing here at the church. And they stood with us each week with $25. And so maybe you say to yourself, say, well, you know, I'm not a member there, but I want to seed seed into the kingdom. Amen. Join us in giving as we continue to do the works and will of our God. Again, I say happy Father's Day to every father and to all of you mothers who are acting in the stead of your of fathers. I say happy Father's Day or happy shepherding day to you. But I also say happy Father's Day. Oh, man, they, they got me. That's cute. Those are me and all my babies there. Yeah, that's so cute. There's Brittany up in the corner and Christina down there at the bottom and little Ben there. I hadn't seen that picture of me and Ben. He got that look, don't he? Amen. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Thank you so much for audio ministry for that. That was beautiful. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Happy Father's Day to every father and to every man who is a surrogate father. You know, it's strange. Just like Uncle Phil was a fictional character on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, became a, 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 a model to stretch after, there are men in this world and in this I know in this church community who have served as father role models. And I want to just tell you Happy Father's Day as well.